Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Sunday, September the 10th. We like to do on, on Sundays, or at least once a week, we check with our friend uh, George Rodriguez uh, down in San Antonio. George, welcome. It's always a great honor to have you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I enjoy coming on. Yeah. How's the weather down there? We're supposed to be getting cooler up here. What's it like down there? It's been very, very hot still. Very hot and dry. Yeah. However, supposedly this week we're supposed to get some rain and it's supposed to cool down. So well, we shall see. Do you think it's maybe the end of summer? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, in, in cowboy land, what you do here in Texas, what you do is you stop uh, wearing the uh, straw hats, cowboy hats, and you go to the felt hats. Uh, right. I'm still seeing a lot of co uh, straw hats. So we'll see. <laughs> well, it's been a rough, it's been a rough summer. I, I saw somewhere that it's the second hottest summer i think the the other one was 1954 or something like that so we can we can say that in our lifetime we've had the two yes the two warmest uh summers uh ever well george we're going to get into a few topics tonight i want to talk about new mexico uh, the governor of new mexico really stepping on it uh governor i mean attorney general paxton i want to talk a little bit about the political situation with president biden but let me just begin with a little recollection. Uh, of course, 9-11 will be Monday, 22 years. It's just incredible how quickly 22 years can go by, you know. But I always, you know, whenever 9-11 comes, I always think about the night before. And, you know, what was I thinking the night before? What was I doing? Um, as I recall, the night before, we went outside with my sons and we were throwing the football around in, in front of the house. Just kind of, and so it, it, it's, you know, the last thing in my mind was that, of course, that we would be waking up the next day to the terrible tragedy. So what memories do you have of 9-11 of that you want to share with us? Well, I was, um, I was after, after having worked in the Reagan and, and Bush administration, I was working in the next Reagan, Bush administration. Uh, I had a very, very minor role in, in HUD, um, but I was on travel that day. Um, I was, uh, in, um, uh, in Houston, in fact, uh, I was still, uh, living in, in DC, but I was, um, in uh, transition to FEMA. Uh, and, um, I was working in, in, in Houston. Uh, and, um, when the whole, when everything happened, I mean, in fact, I was at a, um, at a meeting when it was interrupted and, uh, they brought in, they rolled in a, a um, uh, a new a uh, TV, and we watched it firsthand, and it was incredible. Uh, I was not able to fly out, of course, uh, for a couple of days, uh, which was okay because to me, I mean, I drove to to San Antonio where the family was, and really the family was was absolutely, you know, uh, uh, scared. They were frightened, like many people were, uh, and uh, we were, uh, you know, at least we were together, and we were watching the things unfolding. Uh, I think the, the 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 surreal thing that day was watching the second plane and recognizing yes. you were under attack. Right. That I I agree 100% with you. I was I had just gone out going out for my morning. I was jogging back then. I walk now. I guess we're getting older. But I had just come in and taken a shower and putting my tie on actually. And I was sitting there and I saw the first plane and I figured, well, what a terrible thing, you know, what a horrible accident. And then as I'm putting my tie on, the second plane hits. And then I said, man, this is no accident. This is a real issue here, a real attack. Yeah. Uh, and, 
Yeah, I mean it was. And then we heard about the um, the the plane hitting the Pentagon. That was, that's right, that was incredible. And the other plane going in down in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, I mean it just it, everything was so bizarre. I mean, and that's why I always you know think about gee how you know my life changed. Everybody's life changed yeah. that day. You mentioned about being afraid. Yeah, I think what what I was afraid about was that there would be more things coming. Yes. And, and, exactly. and that's why, you know, that's why I, I and to this day, I always tip my hat to to the Bush administration for the incredible job that they they brought everything together. Uh, all the organizations, I mean, they put everything together and they kept the country safe. When I think many of us, myself included, thought that there would be other things. I really thought there might be tunnels going up. I thought there would be bridges blowing up. Uh, I didn't think there would be any more planes because we shut down the airport. So I figured we would control that. But I was afraid of tunnels. I was afraid of bridges. I was afraid of bombs going off in high-rise buildings. So, I mean, there was a lot of fear to the point, George, a quick story. Uh, The Friday right after, one of our boys had a Little League game. Uh, Friday night, uh, Little League game, baseball game. So I took him. None of the other parents showed up. In fact, they canceled the game because none of the parents wanted to go out. People were literally afraid of right. of going out. So it was a, a, an amazing time. And even though it was 22 years ago today or tomorrow, I always remember that day and how much everything changed. And again, my hat's off to the Bush administration. They did a fantastic job in managing managing that crisis. Remember when President Bush went to Yankee Stadium and threw that pitch? Yes. I, I thought that was such a such a unique Fantastic. moment. And then when he took that megaphone and spoke to the people who were cleaning up, I, I, I he uh, he really he really I, I excelled. Very, you know, what is very disturbing to me at this point is how far we've fallen as far as a, 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 the unity of the nation. Oh gosh. Man. I mean it is it is incredible how how it has just uh, faltered. I remember the um, Saturday Night Live uh, program, the show right after uh, the, the the week following uh, 9-11. Um, Paul Simon began the uh, program by singing The Boxer. And there was a group of firefighters and uh, police officers standing behind him through the whole while he sang the song. And it was very, very emotional. And I just, you know, uh, here we are 22 years later and um, honoring police officers in particular on Saturday Night Live would be unthinkable. It, it is just awful how far we've fallen. No, I th- and especially in that area, in respect for the police and uh, respect for law and order, I agree. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that has to change. And uh, hopefully it will. But let's begin with a very interesting story, and that's out of New Mexico. Uh, Albuquerque is apparently having a real crime wave. Um, another city. Another Democrat-run city having a crime problem. Gee, what a, what a shock. But you've got uh, Albuquerque, Chicago, Kansas City, St. Louis. I mean, you can almost Baltimore, go around. Atlanta, Baltimore. Atlanta, Baltimore. It's amazing. You go around in all of these things. And uh, the governor of New Mexico has decided to literally eliminate the Second Amendment. You can no longer have your own private. Now, I don't think she's going to get very far with this because I'm sure it'll be challenged in the courts and 
that'll be the end of it. But it's just the idea, George, what bothers me more than anything else, and I have a post about this tomorrow, what bothers me more than anything else is that the mentality of what appears to be the, not all Democrats, I'll give them credit for that, but a at least the government, the Democrats who are running things yes. seem to have this attitude that you take guns away from people and crime I, is going to disappear. It's incredible. amazing. It, it is really, uh, I mean, it, it is it is this mentality that it is not the people's action. It is the object that is at fault. And, um, you know, what bothers me with her, as well as many others, is that they're willing to take the steps to see who's going to follow and who's going to challenge. And then they, they attempt to take the moral high ground. Because this is what she is, she is going to do, and she is doing, is that anyone who doesn't agree with taking away the guns, then they are morally inferior, and they are, the they are part of the problem. Uh, anyone who speaks up for the Second Amendment is part of the problem. And this is the insanity of this situation. Uh, here in San Antonio, we have had uh, five police officers shot recently in the past two weeks by, re by um, repeat offenders. And tomorrow there is going to be a town hall meeting, which is, you know, one of the things that they love to do is have a town hall meeting and discuss uh, the problem of guns. Never mind the criminals shooting the police officers. They're going to talk about the guns. It is, you know, uh, it is crazy. It is absolutely crazy because, again, they, uh, their, their, their focus is completely miss, missing the point. No, I agree. I think they're completely. I mean, they're 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 so consumed in this ideology uh, that they they misunderstand. Yeah. Uh, I see. I think this goes beyond violation. Of the Second Amendment, uh, I I think as I mentioned, this is a total misunderstanding of what's happening in our cities. Yes, uh, I I think what's happening is you got these judges releasing people much too quickly. Uh, you have many of these uh, Democrat-run cities cannot recruit police officers. Correct. So they're short, and, well, and they're disrespected. I mean, the, the police officers are are handcuffed anyway. That's they can't right. do uh, they can't do law enforcement because uh, well, people are afraid that they're going to uh, uh, offend someone or that they're going to uh, violate a civil right or something. Uh, you know, uh, someone should explain to the criminals that they should fight by the same rules. Right. Well, that's right. And as, as I mentioned in my the post that's coming out tomorrow, uh, I, I would argue, I you know, I, I would argue that the, that, you know, that the guns that are being used in most of these cases are guns that apply or guns that the people who have them shouldn't have them in the first place exactly. because they're illegal, exactly. illegal guns. You know, we had an incident here recently where a couple of kids on the same week took uh, one took a gun to school and the other one actually killed somebody uh, in school with a gun or shot somebody. I'm not sure if he, if he killed them, but uh but he shot somebody. Now, both of these were teenagers. They're not supposed to have guns at that age. You're not supposed That's to take guns cool. to school. School right. is supposed to be safe zones. Exactly. So how do they get the guns in there? And how did the, I mean, did the parents give them the guns? Did they? I mean, look, it's a complicated problem. And, and, and I'm willing to listen to anybody 
who says, hey, let's, you know, let, let, let's look at the problem. But to the simply focus on guns, to simply focus, focus on guns, it, it's ridiculous. You know, we I wish we had more criminal control. That's what I like to see. I like to see more action. And, you know, it's maybe, maybe you make it more difficult. Maybe, you know, maybe you uh, you, uh, you you say you're going to spend some time in jail. No, you know, no, you're not going to come out quickly or whatever. But now I think this is going to fail in the courts, obviously. And the courts will bring her, you know, will we'll shoot this down. I'm, you know, even Democrats are are thinking that maybe when she went a little bit too far. And that's what the, I just the idea that she would propose it and push yes. it out there. I mean, that is that that to me is a shocker. Well, and also what she said, you know, some rights are not absolute or something like that, which is yes. really idiotic. The amendment that, is not absolute. Yeah, I mean, idiotic thing to say to to begin with, but you know, she goes on TV in her press conference or whatever and talks about how she has to protect 11 year olds. Well, I guess we're all in favor of protecting 11 year olds. Why not? But, why not raise the criminality of people? Right. But I mean, if you know, you know maybe punishment, punishment, or, or, or maybe we should let the police, you know, I, I keep saying that the, the streets are either going to be run by the criminals or the police. Or the police. That's exactly. it. There's not any in between. And I rather have streets run by police than streets run by. I feel a lot safer. I don't know. I sure do. I sure do. Silly me, I would feel safer. No, and in in a police officer, if a police officer does something wrong, then you prosecute the police officer. Exactly. I mean, a lot easier to find that yeah bad cop than it is to 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 track down criminals. Right, and and again, you know, we're not saying that we have unconditional support for the police. No, no. If a police the policeman does something wrong, violates the rules, he pays the price too. Exactly. But my goodness, but at this point, at this point, uh, it, it, the police are under such restraints, and the and the criminals are running free. That um, you know, if you want to see what the problem is, look that far. That's right. No, it, it is a, it's a very difficult, very difficult situation. But they're not making it better. By focusing on the guns, no. in fact, there was, a, there was an article. The criminals. There was an article in today's uh, San Antonio Express that was written by the New York Times uh, that they are repeating from the New York Times, and the headline is that um, uh, uh, citizens in cities are baffled by the crime wave. And I thought to myself, uh, only a liberal. A publication like the New York Times would write something like that. Yeah. Well, let's. I'm glad you mentioned that because the there is a writer at the New York Times. A uh, I can't think of his name right now, but he wrote a piece a couple of weeks ago explaining why President Biden's policies are going <laughs> nowhere, uh, or the wow. you know people are losing faith in him. And he went through a bunch of issues, and one of the issues <laughs> that he brought up was the whole question of our cities. And the crime of our in our cities, and look, if you live in any of these cities, you know I've talked to people who don't want to take the subway in New York, yeah, because they fear not necessarily getting killed, but you know having to deal with all all the mess. There's a lot of insecurity in these places, and it's all because we're not enforcing not enforcing the law. Well, let's go to Gov- uh, Attorney General Paxton for a second here, George. Uh, I actually did see a little bit of the trial. They were running it on one of the channels, uh, on a you know on a twenty four seven basis. So I saw a little bit of it. Uh, you know there are some things that he did that I don't 
that that I hard to figure out and understand why he did it. Okay, and I'll say that. But I also feel that they're not going to get the twenty votes because I think a lot of Republicans are going to say, you know what? Let the voters worry about this. Let let this throw back to the. So I don't think they'll get twenty votes. Uh, but I, I I hope that uh, whatever the attorney general did and certainly in helping people or taking money or whatever, I hope he learns his lesson from this. Well, I do too. Because- I, I, you know, I, the, the fact of the matter is that um, doing favors, giving favors is a polit- is part of politics. I mean, it's that now if you can stay within the um, then the conflicts, uh, confines of what is legal, that's fine and dandy. Um, so much of the allegations that were that have been raised in this case uh, have been uh, that allegations. And, um, you know, it, it has made the. Republican Party look very, very bad in this squabbling, this fight. Uh, you have arch conservatives who are really just swinging uh, for the fence uh, against um, the uh, Republicans who have sided uh, against uh, Paxton. Um, and then you've got um, a lot of folks uh, who, uh, particularly Democrats, who just want to see uh Paxton gotten rid of because Paxton has challenged the Biden administration so often successfully. So, um, you know, uh, to me, uh, I'd like for this to to get over with before we move into the elections. Uh, I think that there's going to be some problems uh, with a lot of folks having deep wounds over this whole situation. And I'm not sure that that's going to be helpful in the election. Get it all get over with. I agree because the primaries are in March, and if, if I think in March, right? And if, if this stuff isn't resolved here in the next 30 days, I think it will. Yeah, I uh, hope then. So. Yeah, then I do think there'll be primary if, if, if they vote to, to convict them, there will be primary challenges, right. and 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 I, I don't think we need that. But you know, there are some things that the, that the, the attorney general did with respect to money and stuff like that and favors for people that uh let's just let's just say weren't the smartest things and let's just hope that that he learns his lesson from this and and decides uh not not to not to do it again now but again bottom line is i don't think they have the 20 because i believe george that there's no republican that wants to be mr 20 you understand what i mean i mean if they get to 20 that means that eight republicans voted yes and every one of those eight Republicans is going to be called Mr. 20. You're right. The, the one who got him. And, and I don't think anybody wants that uh, politically. Paxton, Paxton is a very, has been a very successful attorney general, to say the least. To say the least. Yeah, he's, he's actually done a very good job. But as I said, we cannot blind ourselves to the reality that there were some problems in, in his behavior. Well, let's go to another topic here, our third topic tonight, and that is more and more President Biden polls are showing the president really collapsing. I oh mean, my gosh. I guess the good news for the president is that he does have at least a year, uh, you know, before. So, I mean, he, conceivably, he could turn it around. But what we're seeing is it's an interesting combination. There are a bunch of things that are coming together, George. Let me just kind of put this on the table and let me hear from you. A couple of things that are coming together. Number one he's not persuading people that the economy is improving and gasoline prices, I think have a lot to do with that. The other thing is that more and more people think that he did something uh, with his, with his son Hunter. 
and then you have all the other issues like the border and the the economy and so it just seems like a lot of a lot of things are coming together that are not helpful for him and uh, you know he's still in a competitive dead heat with uh with president trump which is really remarkable uh maybe that says that the country doesn't want the two of them either one of them but yeah, i mean yeah but but anyway your your reaction to these polls and and what you're hearing out there george well again i think this is a question of reality versus uh a political narrative i mean the political narrative for example again that we were talking about with the governor of new mexico that it's the guns and uh, I'm sorry, but a lot of people in New Mexico have guns, and those guns have never been involved in, in a felony. Uh, it, it, it is, it, it is the the liberal Democrat narrative uh, that is failing completely on its face in the face of reality. Reality is every time that you fill up the gas, uh, your tr- your car with gas. Reality is every time you go to uh, the grocery store. Reality is. Um, uh, the the crime that we're seeing on the streets. Reality is the open border and the and the scenes of, of of hundreds and thousands of people crossing weekly. The the reality is even in New York, in in D.C., buses of of, of migrants coming in and, uh, and and the Democrat led cities putting them up in hotels or in schools without asking the parents. That's what reality is. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, the, uh, the, the liberal press, to a certain extent, uh, has tried to play along, and it's not working. Uh, I, I'm not sure how much they're paying Jean-Pierre, uh, uh, you know, but uh, she's, I mean, she is really, really looking bad. Right. Uh, then, you've got, um, then you've got the stuff that's happening behind the scenes. Kamala coming on. Uh, day before yesterday in an interview and saying she's ready to step in uh, as president. I mean, there was an absolute guffaw. You could hear it across the nation when when she said that. This is, um, you know, the president, the, 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 oh, and then there was the incident of um, the Medal of Honor winner last Monday when the, um, uh, when the president just walked off and the, 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 uh, the ceremony was far from over. He just walked off right. without doing, without saying it. I mean, either he is really becoming senile, or he doesn't care. Right. Now, I am more of the of the of the point of view that he probably doesn't care because tomorrow, nine eleven, he is not even participating in an event in New York, and the reason because he is having a political fight with the mayor over the migrants. So right. he is not going to be in New York right. uh, on 9-11. I, that is shocking to me. That is that is, and I, I guess he's, he is in this diplomatic trip that he's on. But, you know, they could have worked around that. I mean, uh, they could have worked. President around. of the United States has to be in New York on 9-11. I mean, that's that is simply a, a reality. I mean, even though it's 22 years, it's still too fresh. Uh, yeah. There's still many men and women in the New York police force or well, firemen force. Sylvia, the number of terrorists that have been caught by the border patrol yes, uh, at the border, at this open border, I mean, at least 25 in the past year, at least 25. 
And now, of course, um, uh, speaking of the border, now now there's the, the Biden administration wants them to stay in Texas, which is yes. Uh, I'm not exactly Talk sure how punitive. that works. Then Talk yeah. about punitive. I mean, right. You know, that is that is the response of a tyrant to punish people who are trying to, you know, address the problem themselves because he's not helping to address it. And then he's going to further complicate the issue by forcing them to stay here. Right. Uh, that is that is absolutely I, I don't know how he intends to win uh, any votes that way. I'll tell you, I, you know, I am very, very fearful. I'm becoming more and more fearful uh, that the uh, Biden administration is going to do something uh, that uh, will hurt the entire country because I don't think that they, they recognize that they don't that they can't win. Right. They cannot win a fair election at this point. Well, uh, there's a lot of things to worry about like that. I, I personally, I do not understand some of the decisions that they've made, which have hurt the country. Yes. For example, the, the energy decisions. Yes. I mean, that's another. That, that absolutely horrible. I mean, it seems to me that the, re eliminating the, the Trump energy policy and changing uh, the Trump border policy were two completely unnecessary things to do because they were working. In fact, here's the great irony of all of this. Had he kept the Trump energy policy in place and had he kept the Trump border policy in place, politically, Biden would be in a stronger position today. He would be. He would be much stronger. Because yeah. he wouldn't have these two problems. Exactly. So, I mean, if, if you look at it from a Democrat standpoint, they've actually hurt themselves. They've by, shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, by, really by eliminating the, these two policies that were actually working. And they want to make things worse. I mean, you know, their proposal of getting rid of uh, of uh, gas ranges uh, in the kitchens, their proposal of uh, forcing more uh, electric uh, electric cars uh, when, uh, you know, we don't have an elect enough electricity in California. I mean, it, they have forced the issues. It is like they are trying to put a size 12 foot into a size 9 shoe. They Absolutely. are forcing it. No, you're exactly right. One last note: uh, I saw this today that that Robert F. Ken or Robert F. Kennedy Jr., who's running for the nomination, is very angry because they're almost like excluding him. Oh yes. I mean, the the DNC is basically saying we're not going to have debates. They are Joe Biden completely. Yeah, is going to go right through this without any debates, and that leads me to the question tonight, uh, the closing question tonight, my friend George. Uh, at what point does Robert F. Kennedy say, this is not worth it, I'm going to run as an independent? Yeah. Because if he does, he's going to really hurt the Democrats. Oh, gosh, yes. I, I really think that, um, you know, uh, there there is, it has to be some kind of plot going on. I'm not saying a, a, a terrible plot or anything of the nature, but they've got to be worried and they've got to be making plans how to deal with this guy. Because he is, um, I mean, he is really, really uh, out there challenging uh, the Biden administration. And what what do they have as an answer other than try to ignore him? And they can't. Well, not when he's at 20%. Yeah. In, in these polls. I mean, if he was a 5% candidate, you can ignore him. Yeah. But when he's getting 20% in these polls, that's when you get into territory where it can be, it can be scary for an incumbent. Uh, George, 
Uh, as always, I want to thank you so much for your time. And uh, you and I can now go watch the Cowboys. Ah, yes. And uh, let, let's hope that the, this is the first of uh, of I was many uh, would many lose, victories. But I don't think they did. I was yeah. Hoping. Well, let's hope it's the first of many victories in in twenty twenty. See, I, I forgot what year we're in. Oh, 2023. It's this is the twenty three twenty four season, right? Yep. Because the the postseason will be actually yeah, in twenty four. So let's hope that the Cowboys have a great year. Let's hope the Texans. Have a great year. And I think I can say this now, George. I think your Astros are going to win the, the American League West. Oh, my gosh. It was, uh, that was a strong series at the beginning. Yes. Well, very, very. That was, that was like the Texas massacre. That's what that was. That was horrible what they did to the Rangers. The Rangers are still in it. Yeah, they're but, still in uh, it. They're still in it. But I, 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 I am I'm going more to. more worried about the Yankees than anybody else. I yes. Think. But I'm going to congratulate you and all the, the Astros Thanks. fans in advance. And I do think the Astros will win the American League West. And I just hope we see them in the postseason. That's all yeah. I can say. That would be, uh, that would be, that would be a lot of fun. Have a great weekend, George. And Thank you, you uh, have too. a great week. And we'll talk later. Yep. You take care, my man. Bye-bye, All right, bye. bye-bye, George. Our good friend, uh, George Rodriguez from, from South Texas, just going through a few issues today. By the way, there was a gentleman by the name of Larry who sent some messages uh, in the comments. Um, Larry, let me let me talk to you directly. Uh, do me a favor and send me emails, and um, maybe we can have you on the on the podcast sometime. It looks like you're, you disagree with what we were saying, but I always like to give people uh, an opportunity to express themselves. So send me an email and we'll try to figure out a way of, of getting you on and, and talking a little bit about uh, what you're saying. And hopefully we can have a respectful conversation. We can maybe disagree, but have a respectful conversation. Thank you very much for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, go Cowboys. And uh, the baseball season is two weeks. And these are the, the, the two most exciting weeks of the year because every game matters. This is like uh, every game now matters. And these teams are going to be playing each other a lot. The Rangers are going to be playing Seattle and Toronto. They don't play Houston anymore, but they're going to be playing each other a lot. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a fun finish. It's going to be a fun finish to the 2023 baseball season. Have a great day, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas.